Texas. Well, it's good to be back. We're over here at the feedlot with Tex and El Matador back with you. How the heck are you, man? Oh, I'm good, buddy. I'm riled up like a rattlesnake, though. I'm ready to ready to go off. We've got uh, got a lot of problems in this world that we're going to fix tonight. We're going to fix them all. I, I'm so hyped up right now, I feel like I could charge hell with a water pistol. I mean, I'll just break right through that wall if you want. Let's We'll Let's film it, it and put it on the Instagram page. Let's do it. Wonder how many extra viewers we get we bust through your wall. Maybe get up to 50. <laughs> we'll rock and roll. Man, how the heck are you? How was your trip to Missouri? Great. It was a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. It's been so dang long now. The whole time I was there, I was like, got so many stories to talk about the podcast. Then we fool around and wait and wait and wait, and I forget them all. But, uh, oh my goodness, I was gone for seven days. Ended up uh, fiddling around in the horrible state of Missouri. It's cold as hell up there and snows. It's... Hey, I love the snow. It's awful, man. It's awful. I thought we said to silence our phones, text, well, it's but on, you did, but it's, it's on, on vibrate. Now, we have, you know, we're going to be picking this up in the uh, in the old podcast because somebody don't know how to follow directions and set it somewhere besides the table. Hey, it's, it's the group. I mean, <laughs> they all wanted to be We're here. in a feedlot. You know, we kind of expect that one. I'm just going to get right to it, Tex. I am just riled up at personal responsibility that people just don't have anymore. It's like common sense. I'm telling you, if common sense was a superpower, it's basically a superpower now because so many people don't have it. So when you see somebody with common sense, it's like looking at Superman. And I'm just ticked, just ticked off that people don't take the time. So I'm just going to go ahead and get right to what riles me up. Listen, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm a back row primitive Baptist believer. I'm not the greatest. I'm probably, probably one of the worst primitive Baptists out there. But... It is the parents' responsibility to train their children up when it comes to God, when it comes to everything. Man, God, firearms, um, you know, courtesies, manners, driving, everything is the parents' responsibility. And it just ticks me off to no point, to no end that people have started deciding that the government is the person that is supposed to teach your kids everything instead of you doing what you're supposed to do as a parent and teaching your kids. You know, there, there's a deal the other day. It's talking about prayer in school. Now, listen to me, guys. I don't, I don't mind prayer in school. In in one direction, I, I'm a Christian. I believe if you want to pray in school, you should be all allowed to. And there's nobody, there has never been a person that has tried to take away your right to pray in school. The big misconception is that the, you know, the United States was founded on freedom and freedom of religion because we left the tyrants in England that made us become members of the Church of England and we yes. had to attend it. Yes. And the, the prayers, you know, and the whole deal with the Church of England, it's just, it, it was such a driving force for our ancestors to leave there uh, that when they got here, they didn't want to respect any religion. They wanted the government to be separate from the church because when the church ran the government, man, people were burned at the stake. It was a real horrible deal because as you really have figured out by now, most Christians are not very good people. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We're all terrible. We're all sinners. If you, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, you know, we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. And we all do things that we ain't proud of. But what I'm getting to is the government. It, you know, I, I saw some deals the other day on Facebook. I posted a status. Y'all can follow me at, at the Seth Venable on the Facebook um, it's a good follow, by the way. It really is. Te- text don't know. <laughs> text don't even have a Facebook. Don't listen to him. Don't 
don't listen to him. I got on there making fun of him on his girlfriend's Facebook, on old uh, Lenny's Facebook, because Tex don't have one. He couldn't she... see it. So I had to screenshot it like it was back in the 1920s and send him a picture of it, saying, hey, I'm making fun of you on the internet, just so you know. But uh, He was calling me out, man. I his was. son was, too. Oh, my son called him out today. Boy, he Tex called me and said, hey, you want to do a podcast tonight? And we were in Lubbock. Uh, had to run a few errands there. And uh, my little boy sitting in the back seat and, and – uh, when people call me when I'm in my pickup, it just runs over the sound system, you know, because it's uh, one of them factory Bluetooths. And he goes, uh, and Tex goes, you want to come over for a podcast? And Charlie yells, no, we're going to eat at Chili's, you goofball. And I didn't really hear much except the goofball part. And I said, <laughs> Seth, I'm going to break that kid's nose. He said, I'm coming over to and like break that, that kid's nose. <laughs> My little, you know, they're in the same weight class. That's the funny thing. <laughs> I got about five inches on them, and I, I, I'm going to murder them. It's going to be like a 40-second knockout, I swear. I don't know. I believe that he's going to win. My money's on my little boy. Hey, I, I, I play dirty, man. I, I got a couple years in the old he's noggin got, on He's him. got some trains to throw at you. <laughs> he gets mad at me driving down the road. He'll throw his shoes at me, his cup. He's mean. He's vicious. All right. Now, well, we're here on a sec- uh Subject about talking about common sense and you're letting your son throw shoes at you and stuff. Oh, he can raise them right. Come hey, on, parent. Hey, I'm a terrible parent. I'll be honest. I try my best, man. <laughs> I just try. I try my best. But anyway, going back to what we were talking about with the, the the separation of church and state, basically people have been so misinformed by even on the atheist side. You know, just because something happens in a in a school environment, like a group of kids coming together to pray. Together like the FCA and stuff. And you know, it's now they're taking those you know, spots. But, and the great thing is it's it's not it's it's not sponsored by the government, but all these atheists throw a fit and they say, Oh, separation of church and state. What they don't understand is it's the whole point of separation of church and state was to not let a government agent, albeit the, the superintendent, teacher, coach, janitor, any agent of the government that's an employee of the government that um, works at the school from leading your kids in prayer. And obviously, folks, if, if you have a disagreement with me, think about this one thing. When is the last time you can look at a government program and they took something that was great and turned it into something terrible because the government ran it? Do you really want them teaching your kids religion? Well, first, that's the deal they always say about teachers anyway. Uh, if you didn't, if you can't get into the career you studied all these years, Teach. you just end up being a teacher. You know, my, my mama and my sister are teachers, and, uh, and, and God bless them. I mean, that's a hard job. You know, they, they get a new group of students. They always have... Certain ones they've got to spend extra time with. They love what they do, and uh, and they feel that you know I don't think it's the teacher's responsibility to be teaching your kid God. That's your responsibility as a father and as a mother to raise your children up, and uh, you know. But my mom, my mom and sister, they don't agree with churches and I mean with uh, praying in school as as a you know led by the school. They want their kids to pray, you know, to pray, moment of silence, you stuff like that. You shouldn't shut them, shut them down for you what they shouldn't believe. Shut them, yeah, exactly. But you don't also, you know, it's a fine line because everybody's got different beliefs, and, man. Okay, Everybody. first of all, the kids, you're so much older than the kid, and you're afraid of what a little kid's doing too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really. But what I'm getting at is, is you know, they, my mom and and sister, they still want to show their love of Christ with kids, but they don't have to do it about talking about Christ. They just love their kids, and they invest their times and their hearts in them, and it's apparent that they, that, you know, any kid that when they get older, they're going to realize, you know, when you start getting older and get more cognitive, cognitive on this kind of stuff, you're going to realize that there was something different about your teacher. That 100%. She, just, she loved working with you. She loved teaching you. She made an extra effort to be a to help and be a a mentor to you. And that's just showing Christianity, showing your, your love for you, fellow man. 
without having to just come out and, and ram stuff down the kid's throat. And the reason I'm getting to this is I saw a deal, and it, it was a really good one. Uh, it was a post on Facebook, and it said, I don't understand why Christians want the government to accept prayer in school because when you realize we're in a free country, everybody wants equality. So, you know, the first people that's going to be hounding if a Muslim wanted to say a Muslim prayer in school, the first people that's going to be hounding is the Christians. And we and that's true. It's true. I'm a Christian. We would be hounding. We'd say, oh, Sharia law is taking over. So why do we want to subject ourselves? Let's just let's just do our jobs as parents and, and as, as citizens in this society and, and learn that we don't need government for all this stuff. Um, you know, and that, that's my big rant today is, is people take personal responsibility in your lives. You are exactly where you are in this life, barring some physical or mental uh, accident, tragic mishappening, or you were born, you know, with the, with the mental defect or something. But barring something tragic, major, or a birth defect, you are where you are in life because of the sum total decisions that you made. If your life sucks, it's because you made it suck. You won't get out of bed in the morning and make something of your day. You sit around you know, at home playing video games, just wasting countless hours. Exactly. Not you, getting out of bed, not going to work, not and it's finding kinda, a better job, it's staying in like the same poor. shitty job Exactly. For years. It's like being poor. You know, you know, I get it. There's some people that are born into poverty, but there's a lot of people that escape it by one thing, guys. Or you literally are in just a, well, hell, if you grow up in Clovis, you're just going to be stuck in the same But, you know, our class, ancestors, but, you know, and everybody's like, oh, you know, they stay in crime-ridden neighborhoods. They get older. They don't, you know, I, I'm not a pro-police guy. I like police officers. I, I get it. They got a job to do. But I think the whole idea of the government just forcing things down our neck, speeding tickets, all that kind of stuff, you know, I, I'm not a big supporter of the current policing way that we do it. Uh, I understand that it gets done, and, and that's the way it is. But um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is is if you're not but on, on, the, on that point of it, if you live in one of those bad neighborhoods and you've embraced the whole stitches or snitches don't get or snitches get stitches mentality and you don't help the police clean up your neighborhood, you got nobody to blame for yourself for yeah. all the things that happened. Because I have never seen somebody put burglar bars on their window to keep the police out. Yes. Come on, you know. <laughs> so you are where you are in life because of the choices you made. You didn't follow educational opportunities. You know, there's three things I heard the other day on the radio. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm just fired up about this. But there's three things that can get you over a 90% chance of not living in poverty. Graduating high, and it's got to be in order, graduating high school. Getting married before having kids. I get it. Things happen. But if you do those three things in order and you teach your kids that, they have a 90% chance of not being in poverty. That is a big deal. And you parents need, and I'm no better than anybody, and I'm not sitting here judging you, but you parents need to take a more interest in your kids and your kids' future and explain this stuff to them. Because a lot of their kids, and you look at all the dumb things you did at when you were a kid like me is because I was hanging out with the wrong people. Yes. You got to find good friends in your life. That's like what in our, I did our group right too here, long. you know, for, for, for too long, I found the ran around with the wrong. Until and it's I hit so easy. School. That's the deal about and it. It's so it, easy it to go so to the lowest common denominator. Exactly. Heaven forbid you get up and try and do something with your life. You know, I, now I'll just be a damn slack off. Exactly. Well, I saw a deal uh, going on this that, uh, the other day, there was a kid that got threatened with suspension for wearing a T-shirt at school that said, Virginity Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he got threatened with suspension because they thought he it was, was getting in- bullied enough. Why would well, you have to suspend I, I, him? I know. But let me put it this way, man. That is a really positive message because we were taught in school. You were homeschooled. Yeah, you but text, you don't. But, yeah, I was, but yes. you don't. I, I wasn't. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I got bullied a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you still do, but my wife <laughs> and my little boy. And but, little uh, boy, too. But, you know, there, there were I'm three things we you. were taught in, in sex ed, and that's uh, you can't get diseases, you can't get pregnant, and you won't end up living in the backwoods by the creek if you just keep it in your pants. And, and, and mor- morality nowadays has just been degraded so much for, you know, look at, look at the black community. You know, at one time they were the, in the, in the fifties, the forties, the twenties, the tens, at one time they were the most bonded family community of anybody. The family stayed to together. Be. They yes. had, to find, you know, when, when, when they were fighting off the oppression and the bigotry that a lot of people put onto them just because of the color of their skin, which is just abhorrent. But it they really were the is. they were the strongest group of families, and look at them now. Seventy five percent of kids born in a black family do not have a dad. They it don't is, know who their dad is. It aren't. is so sad, you know. And and it's just it's very sad, and they don't have the mentors, and that's why their crime rate is skyrocketed. I'm not here to talk about crime statistics. I'm just saying, you know, as a man, and and I think it's it's become so bad nowadays that uh, that you know. Uh, the feminazis have taken over so much that you can't even have a masculine culture. And so you even get like, you I get saw, shamed for being a man standing, yeah, up for standing up for yourself. Heaven forbid you stand up to yourself. Exactly. And that's the deal about it. Like all these schools, you got the teacher always hounding these kids for doing the right thing most of the time, exactly. but they get way too afraid that that's going to be too aggressive and screw mm-hmm. people up. Now going back just a little bit, how much? How many times in the course of your life have you always looked up to have an older gentleman guiding you through the decisions you make? Like, oh, you sit lot. around and talk to all these old guys. My grandpa, my dad, it the guys so at the coffee shop at the John Deere house. You know, and getting back to where you we were talking about. You look up to those yeah, guys. Picking your friends, picking your fr- teaching your kids to pick the good. You know, I, we've got a group in this, uh, a group of men and women in our group right now, and something about farming group. And our side Snapchat group that we're all in that talk about building the podcast. But we have such a great group of just outstanding go-getters. I'm so proud and so glad to be a part of this. You know, I'm on the lower end of that scale. And we have some high-powered people. And it's just so refreshing to be, we, we are around people that strive us for success and to do the right thing. Not the guys that are telling us to, oh, let's go smoke a little weed or, oh, let's go you know, uh, rob a store together. Degenerates. Degenerates. I mean, that's just, the degens from up country just run everything. They don't. They do not have any ambitions except <clears throat> they're just selfish. They can't think past the end of their nose. They're not doing a damn thing for society. They're sucking off the teat of it. Exactly. It's an abomination. And I swear, I've been saying this for a long time. you got to get yourself away from these people. They're nothing but a drag you down, no good, nothing. Go find, go find somebody that you emulate that you think is very successful that does something you want to do and go follow them around for the day. Carry their freaking bags. Carry their, buy them food. If you have to go find a successful whatever job you want to do and teach your kids this, this is something that worked great for me. I went and found people that excelled in the business that I want to be in. And that's farming. That's all I've ever done. You know, an ag pilot, I, I still do it now. I find old ag pilots. I want to go buy them lunch. I want to sit there and talk with them and hear their story. 
because the successful ones have a method. They they didn't get lucky. They didn't, and that's the biggest thing. And that's another thing that just grinds my gears when people say, "Oh, the less fortunate." Like we hit some kind of fortune by getting out of bed every morning and chasing down our dreams. Getting like up we before had a the sun comes up. Yeah, we hit the lottery. Yeah. Now, you know, frankly, in my honest opinion, if you were born in America, you hit the lottery of life from birth. And we've got ample opportunities. I have never, ever, ever seen a country in this world that has the opportunity to improve yourself more than the United States. They have, we have, you know, we have so many educational opportunities. This, the government, get, they back loans for stupid kids to go $200,000 in debt for a damn German polka history degree. You know, that's crazy, but the educational opportunities, what I'm getting at is they are there. And if you're in poverty and you want to do something about it, find something you want to do. It, it might not happen overnight. Make a five-year plan. In five years, what can I be doing making 60000 $80,000, $100,000? What can I do and how can I get there? Do I need to go to school? Do I need to go to a trade school? It doesn't matter. But you can't get anywhere setting still. If you're, if you're the squirrel in the middle of the road, you got to go right. And yourself for the... The yeah, fact of it, it you know, I got four, it's all I got, a circle. And if you four, stay in that circle. Yeah, I got four little illegitimate kids by four different daddies, and, and I'm working at Arby's, and I got to have depression medicine because I'm depressed. Listen, you got four illegitimate kids because you couldn't keep your legs closed, or if you're a man, you got four kids with four different women because you couldn't keep it in your pants. Yeah, your life's going to suck because you made poor choices. But what I'm saying is go find something, spend five years, ten years getting to that, make a plan, develop it, write it down. Because if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. It's just like a contract with anybody else. If you don't make a contract with yourself and hold yourself accountable, you'll never get there. Write it down. Say, what can I do in five years that's going to make me 50 grand, 40 grand, 80 grand? I don't care if you're making minimum wage. What can I do to make 50 grand? Or if you're making 50, what can I do to make 100? Be smart enough to just start spending your money better. Exactly. Don't just waste it on exactly. stuff that's Stu- just you know, for right CDs now. and clothes and stuff. You know, you look at the the average millionaire lives in like a, just a normal house in the United States. You know, they did a, a study a while back, the Ramsey Foundation. Right, I'm not really Ramsey. It's Ramsey Solutions, not the Ramsey Foundation. They did a study, the world's largest study on millionaires. They interviewed over 10,000 millionaires. And, you know, over 90%, I think it was, 80-something percent of them are first-generation rich, which means they didn't inherit a thing. They worked hard, and they saved their money, and they got to where they did, and they didn't carry debt and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm not going to sit here and preach that, but what I'm saying, folks, is we live in America, the, the land of endless opportunities. People say, oh, there's just no jobs in my area. Get up, get in a car, and move. My ancestor did that following a freaking wagon That's what with a, maybe a table and a couple done. chairs. And, and they put it, yeah, Move and they moved west. and they pooped and peed in a slit trench that they dug with a shovel. There's rest stops on the highway. Don't tell me that, that it ain't possible. You can move and you can go find a better place for yourself. All I'm saying is take some personal responsibility. It's not everybody else's job to get you to where you want to be. Nobody's thinking about you and your plight. I mean, they really just aren't. If you knew how much people actually thought about yourself, you'd be embarrassed. Exactly. You have to think for yourself and you got to grow up, pull yourself up by the boot traps, bootstraps, make something happen in your life. Yeah, exactly. You it's- can't sleep in till noon. And, and just party all, all weekend. Yes. Yeah. You got to so make something there, There's all these so many people. Oh, oh yeah, 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 it's Friday. Oh, God, it's Monday. I mean, you can't live life like that. 
Man, I Monday got... is my favorite day of the week. I love every Everybody day, comes yeah. back to work, you can get something done. Well, I just, man, I, I don't really even care. I mean, there's many times during the summer when we're in the middle of spray season, I don't even know what day it is, but it doesn't matter because I'm still doing what I love. Yeah, I get tired. Everybody gets tired. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, what it just frustrates me. And I just come in here tonight because I've been thinking about it all day and all weekend, all the things. You get so down about it. You get so down because people don't, they don't make a conceited effort to better themselves. And it frustrates me because, you know, the the biggest thing that I hate, and I hate hearing it, and it just just grinds my gears. This is a Seth's Grinding Gears podcast. What really grinds my gears is the people that say, must be nice. You know, like, oh, he's... I don't begrudge... I don't... Do not begrudge a guy that has made something of himself. I can't stand people that talk bad about him. He worked so damn hard for that. So so I take off. So I take off, man. And, like, this, the wintertime's my off time. So, you know, like, right now I'm helping Gerhard some. I'm driving a truck. We've traveled. We went to California delivering puppies. We went to Houston last weekend. We went to T-Triple-A down to the Riverwalk. We went and ate at some nice restaurants while we were there. And uh, and the number one thing from the, the Debbie Downers of the bunch, which I've done a very good job of eliminating a lot of these negative energy people from my life. But the biggest thing is like we go to, uh, you know, like a salt grass, which or a Bubba Gump and we say, oh, we're eating good tonight. And you get to the point and somebody says, oh, it must be nice to get to go eat there. But you know what? You didn't see all that summer last summer when it's 17, 18, 19 hours in a day that I was at the freaking airport doing my job so that I could enjoy the time that I don't have. They didn't see all the times we're up there at 5.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning getting ready to start a day while they're still sleeping in until 8.30, 9, 10, 11, noon. You know, don't tell somebody must be nice because you didn't see all the backstory. And their their parents are paying for the rent. Their parents are paying for the car. 50% 50% of what they got, yeah. the damn parents and, and, paying for. You know, it's all the, it's all the oh, you know, it's like like a, a musician I heard one time say, uh, it's actually a good song, too. Um, what's his name? Oh, um, Zane Williams, maybe? Sure. But anyway, he's got that song called Overnight Success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he's talking about it, you know. Took it, him so 10 years. Took him 10 years, and everybody yeah. knows you as an overnight success yep. out of nowhere. You know, come on, you know just happened overnight he just happened to you know he oh he he had more opportunity oh he had the fortunate opportunity but in his song Rode he talks about all a broke the, down van for yeah, all these talks years. about all the stuff he had to do to yeah. to get to that point uh you know people don't see all the sweat and the blood and and everything that you put in they didn't see me living in odessa during the slowdown of the oil deal trying to save money to go to flight school i lived in my pickup for 40 days i slept in the back seat and showered at a gym i had a gym membership so i could go shower they didn't see me go up to Alva, That's Oklahoma. That's all you did at that gym. Jim. No, no, I was actually working out too. But thank you. Uh, I'm telling you, my little boy's gonna whip your butt. Bud. They didn't see me up in Alva. I'll go wake where him up I worked for. I worked for a month and a half for a friend of mine, and that's I gave him. I gave him a month too long, but I worked a month and a half for a friend of mine and made him. You know, I was supposed to get uh, commission off of it, and I made $10,000 of commission for me that he never paid a dime of. We're not friends anymore. They didn't see me living in a semi up there doing the same thing every three or four days, taking a whore bass at night with uh, with baby wipes, and every three or four days we'd get together three or four drivers and rent a hotel for the afternoon where everybody could go take a shower to go get back in our trucks. You know, they didn't see that kind of stuff. They didn't see me go to flight school. And while all my buddies were out drinking every night, I was in the room studying so I could get out in four months and five days, which is quite a quite a bit faster than a lot of them did. 
And uh, they didn't see all that, but it must be nice for me getting to go eat at Bubba Gump Shrimp on a Thursday because everybody else is working and I put on all my work during the summer. You know, stop being envious of other people. If you want that life, go chase it. Don't be making excuses as to why you ain't getting in life. Oh, you know, the white man's holding me down. Oh, the black man's holding me down. Oh, the society's holding me down. Oh, I got all this student loan debt. I got student loan debt too. You know, oh, we got all these problems. You can always make it about problems. Oh, my head hurt today. Oh, my foot hurt tomorrow. But, you know, you want to make excuses, but sooner or later you run out of stuff to be excuseful for, and you just need to suck it up and say, Well, and the Maybe more I'm you the do problem. that, the easier it gets to just make excuses and put it off. Yeah, instead of just being honest with yourself and saying, Hey, I've been lazy. It's time I do something with my life. You, you just got to... I can't believe there's so many parents in this world that don't instill their kids with some kind of drive. That is the deal about a lot of the immigrants that come to this country. My God, they're the most hard-working hard people, people there are. Because you look at them, man, and you know that that's a funny thing. They've lived in the down times and in a horrible country where, or in these bad countries they where they can't the get ahead. Yes, you know, like we went they down seize to the, it. So last last fall, me and my dad. Went down to watch the Houston Astros play baseball at the World Series. It was great. I got to go to World Series with my dad. We both love the Astros. Something we've always wanted to do. But we took a bunch of Ubers while we were down there because we flew in there. And every one of the, the Uber drivers we had, none of them were born in the United States. But every one of them, we'd start talking to them because me and my dad are just very conversational people. We love to hear people's story. And most of our drives were at least 20 minutes, you know, because we'd go here and there and all over the city just exploring, waiting for the game. And uh, every one of them, and I talked to one guy, and he was from Cuba. Hmm. And he had come over on a raft and went wow. to Florida and then started in Florida and moved all over. And then he come to the Houston, and he was hauling people for Uber in a new car. He said he, he just had so much work, and he couldn't take on any more. But uh, he was just he said the best and the greatest thing that ever happened to me was the day I – you know, and it, it, it chokes me up inside. It really does. He said the best day in my life was the day that I stepped foot on American soil and I was able to finally realize my dream of doing something more with my life. And, uh, and he was working. You down. He couldn't He couldn't hardly. He was speaking in broken English and I was speaking in broken Spanish. And, uh, you know, just kind of we, we were able to communicate long enough. But, man, the guy was talking about the 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 things that he could he has been able to do that he would have never dreamed because he got out and he worked for it every day. I said, When's the last time you had a day off? He says, I can't remember. Well let's and uh, you know and let's he, back up a little bit like uh the H two A guys that uh Ghost Rider gets. Yeah. A dollar here is twenty dollars back home. He's had guys come up here and one guy worked like seven years for him. He bought a dozer down in Honduras or I think it's Bolivia. So this guy's up here making very good money for in his neck of the woods. Right. Bought a dozer, put a guy on that dozer, started reclamating land down there, buys more land. All these guys buy land. They keep working up here making big-time money, and they're just setting themselves up for something so big. They see this huge opportunity we have here, and us people here, it's like being raised up in a dairy. You're in your own little world, and you don't know what else is going on out there. And you just take it for granted. And your pa- family, they take it for granted. Like, uh, whose grandmothers don't just get worried about them and tell them that they need to slow down, that they're working too hard. They, It's really hard to ignore all that for the most part. You, 
people you, that love you, they're going to like slow you down some when you do not need to be slowing down. Exactly. That's for damn sure. And you know, I just, uh, man, it just, it really frustrates me. We're in a country of such great opportunity and there's so many people that, uh, that get on towards the end of their life and have nothing to show for it. They have nothing. They have been just downtrodden. All they their look whole forward life. to is just retire and do nothing. How can you do that, man? I when don't I, understand. I'm it. telling you, my dad's 70 years old and still works seven days a week farming. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. What understand. do you do? I mean, you know, I look forward to retiring for one thing, and it's not retiring. I look forward to being able to be sufficiently retired to where if I needed to retire... Just being able to do what you want. Yeah, basically. But, like, but I'm telling you, I will never... I, I'm going to retire one day, but I will never stop working. Yeah. I might I might retire from flying, and I might go into something else, but I have such joy that I get working. I get a, a, a sense of pride in, in things. If you do a good job, you know, I get a sense of pride... And, uh, and a, you know, especially working with my hands, building stuff, fixing stuff. Like the people that never have farmed and raised a crop from nothing to the very end and watched their entire year of work from one end to the other and saw it go through everything. And so much of it's not, not in your hands. So this is yes. a little deal that's happened to me in the last couple of days. Um, I might be trying to rent. Or take 50-50 ownership in all of the cropland up here in Muleshoe and take out a big loan for it so we can afford fertilizer and stuff. Right. And if I had a year like uh, 19 was and you make one ton an acre, I mean, that's right. At, that's under break even. It's like $10 under break even. Yeah. And it's hard to do. I'm terrified. And you can do all this stuff right. And it doesn't, and it it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't I mean, matter. You know, I, I saw such some great crops, man, that we started cotton crops. And, uh, and, you know, got timely rains all through July and August. And come September, we'd get a freak hailstorm and wipe out an entire year's of work. But you know what the greatest thing is? The moment the storm cleared and the moment I said, oh, shucks. And, then, you know, next year, a few other choice words. But, you know, next year will be better. And then we got back on it. And I started thinking of what next year. Because we have goals and we have dreams and aspirations. We, doesn't, we don't let challenges. And that's where people in agriculture they excel. We don't let people. Jesus, don't throw the table at me. I muted my mic, but it was it <laughs> but, didn't uh, work. I'm getting so mad. I'm just gonna flip this table. <laughs> I'm telling All right. You. But you know, uh, you can't let a, a setback, even a major setback like that, you can't let it be the end of you. If you let that go, and you let something like that ruin you, you are no better. You know, I, I guess really no better. But you, you just you let something like that ruin you. You've you're weak, and I know it can happen, and I don't mean it like that. And I know you're, that you're wrong. more okay. That's definitely the deal. Uh, the so we when I was faith. growing up, like after faith. my granddad died, and I was pretty young around here, and it was my mom and me and my dad too. But he was busy in Lubbock. But uh, when I was definitely younger, some of the neighbors around here, man, they just dog you, and they're those people that never can. The glass is half empty for sure. Exactly. Uh, like when corn was seven dollars, we were crying about uh, we're go we're gonna go broke trying to feed cows. Corn's never gonna come down from here. It's just gonna keep climbing, and we can't afford anything. And then the bottom breaks out, you know, and you end up where you are now. And times are never gonna get better from where they are. It's uh, they only see the worst part of everything. And when you're surrounded by those people, and you don't have friends like the group. 
that are in other places, it's that local area that you're in that you got to get out of. I mean, it's, when it's your neighbors, what else are you going to do except find different neighbors? But <laughs> I, I, it just really bums you out when all the little local part you're talking to is uh, always so down about things. But then you get the Internet, and that's definitely a big help when you talk to other people out in the world and the successful get better is. perspectives. But, man, it, it's a slippery slope. It really is. You can, it'll take over you. I agree with that. I, I guess what I'm saying, it's kind of like suicide. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a permanent solution for a temporary problem. It is. And I can't say nothing, man. I, I've never had suicidal thoughts, so I can't say that. But, uh, but you know, I heard a, a, an old preacher talking one time about suicide, and he said it was, uh, it was kind of related to like a thick fog. You get in that thick fog and you get lost, and it's just. At, the, at some point, you just want to be out of the fog, and that might be the way to go with it. And that's, you know, something that the ag community has struggled with is, is suicide among we our farmers and our friends. We have the number one rate of all the jobs in the U.S. And we got, we've got to fix that. And, and I think a lot of that starts with being a better neighbor. You know, you got to start thinking about other people more than yourself. You know what? You ever heard of joy? You know, the joy you have in your life, the joy from doing good and bad. You know what joy stands for, right? No. As a Christian, at least. Jesus, others, yourself. Hmm. In that order. Jesus, others, yourself. If you take care of praying and, and praying for things to happen, yeah, things aren't always going to happen the way you want them, but they're going to turn out the way they're going to turn out. And worrying and making yourself sick over it ain't going to help nothing. It's going to make it worse. If you worry about praying and being faithful and, and having faith, and that's a big thing, even on these years where you plant a crop and you know you're not going to make no money. You've got to have faith that there's a bigger thing that we're going towards. Then you focus on others. How's your neighbor holding up? How's his family? What can I He's do to help? He's do the same things you are. Like, like I told you the other day on our last podcast that y'all y'all remember me talking about the, the guy that grew the pride corn. Yeah. You know, yeah. the high-yielding corn. What did he have to do? He had to give all his neighbors good corn seed because if he had his neighbors going bad, growing bad stuff and pollinating with his good stuff, his good stuff wasn't going to be as good. So if you start sowing seeds of hope and happiness and helpfulness with your neighbors and you and you take care of your neighbors, guess what? The big stuff, you take care of the big stuff, the little stuff takes care of itself. And then you focus on yourself. And if you have time to focus on yourself after focusing on the Lord and on your neighbors, you got something that a lot of people don't because you'll never get to that point. But you know what? All the problems that you have will just seem to whittle away when you're helping somebody else. So what I'm trying to trying to put out here. Besides being good parents and, and being good people. And, and using and good, common sense. And using common so sense. Which just, on this deal. Yeah, Before which, I flip the table over and <laughs> got sidetracked. Which uh, really ain't common. You know, it's it's so uncommon now, it's like having a superpower. But, uh, you know, if you use common sense and you work hard and then you take care of everybody else and you put your life in the hands of somebody else, that's what it really comes down to. You put your, your life and your joy in. And you, you you get the joy out of helping somebody else. All the things that are plaguing you will just go on and you'll never even notice. I mean, it's honest to God truth. You know, I spent 35 minutes here rambling. and or Not rambling, but ranting. I ain't rambling too, but, but ranting. I mean, really, it, you have to be responsible for your actions. Good or yes. bad, you're going to change your life. Even yeah. It's like taking <clears throat> vitamins. This is going way back to what Seth was saying, but if you take vitamins... I mean, we'll just use that as an example. For 15 years or whatever, your health's going to be a lot different. than, And you're going to be like, oh, these things aren't doing a thing thing for me. 
you're not going to see that till years down the road and you're looking at your friends that are the same age. Yeah. And they're, exactly. I mean, I look like I'm 15, don't I? I mean, don't lie to me. Come on. No, you look like a leprechaun. I, I'll walk right out of here, man. <laughs> I'll go pick walk a fight or skip. With your son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it, it's all what I'm trying to get at, guys. And, and what our podcast has kind of showed is the, the best. Of things happen when you have a good community of neighbors or a good community good of friends, friends like we have, good you, friends, family, a good set of morals that were instilled by our parents of hard work and and learning to to fly on faith and and uh, to live on faith and uh, and a drive to do something better. You have to have that drive. All three Nothing's things are going to change till you, know, you make a change. Talent. Not none of that matters. I mean, it may matters to a degree, but let's put it this way. The top five things that'll make you successful in life have nothing to do with talent. You show up, you have a good attitude about it, you try your best, you don't complain, and and just, you know, and then you take advantage of the opportunities that's put before you. And don't quit. And don't, don't quit. We've had so many employees over the years. They make a few mistakes or they get yelled at a little bit because they were doing the wrong thing in the first place. And then they think, oh, he he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's way too hard on me. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, we, we ran into criticism. this guy down in Georgia. He's 40 years old. He's a damn alcoholic. He's he's a loser. He walks around like he owns a dang place. And he, he doesn't have a car. His stepfather that is in his 80s has to drive him to work and pick him up from work. He's 40-something years old, and he's he's pathetic. And that's all you can say about this guy. He's pathetic. He doesn't think past the end of his nose. He's just, it breaks your heart to look at that guy and think, wow, you just mess up every way you can mess up. And everybody in your life has to help you along because you can't make anything of yourself. Yeah. And And he's 40 years old. Who, he doesn't know, doesn't know a dang thing. But like I said, man, it all comes down to five things that have nothing to do with talent. Showing up, having a good attitude, being willing and able to be taught. That is a big thing. Yes. Willing to submit yourself to somebody else's plan that has been successful at doing that. So submitting yourself they have something been there else. before. You're you not the first person to figure this out. No. And, you know, there, there's three things in business that everybody says. You know, it's going to cost twice as much, it's going to take twice as long, and you're not the exception. You're not the exception. And you people that think the world revolves around you, you ain't the exception. You're not. What? Uh, but, you know, just show up, have a good attitude, submit yourself and be willing to be taught. Take advantage of every opportunity that you can and don't quit. Five things right there don't require talent to be successful in life. They don't. Tomorrow's going to come anyway. I just don't understand why you could, you, you know, you could watch your whole world pass by and be miserable and not want to change anything. And blame about everybody it. around you. It's everybody's fault. Anyway, we've been on that subject. On on to other news. Uh, oh, Tex and I, I, I went uh, to TAAA, the Texas Agricultural Aviation Association annual convention, a couple weeks ago to get some continuing education units. And uh, while I was in uh, gorgeous San Antonio, I uh, went down to Fink Cigar Company, picked up some nice stogies. And uh, anyway, when we got here this evening, instead of uh, coming right on into the podcast, uh, Tex and I mixed up a drink and we went outside and had us uh, had us a couple good cigars. It was just a beautiful evening. Beautiful there wasn't evening a wisp of air. 
No, it was a little cool, but so man, there's nice. no wind. You know, it was windy all day today, but we got a little bit of rain. It, it wasn't a lot, but we got a hundredth, and we're a hundredth yep. closer to our goal this year than we was yesterday. We got uh, sixteen hundredths over here, man. We're just we're just rocking and rolling, aren't we? Hey, that's sixteen hundredths. We don't got to get it at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. There, there's you got to look at the silver lining and everything, man. It could always be worse. We could be in Africa and not get any rain, man. Or you can be in Missouri. Or Australia. And it, it doesn't rain. I mean, it rains so dang much, it all just goes to waste. You can't do a dang thing, but like one day out of five. We need to build a massive pipeline instead of trucking oil down here, truck water, rainwater. It's rain such water. a waste. Yeah. It bummed me out. She picked me up from the airport in Kansas City, and we're driving home, and it's just a perfect little... Uh, At the airport, did she have a sign that said, hey, I'm looking for somebody this tall? And <laughs> Marked about her waist. She uh, did she bring a step stool with you so you or with her so you could get in her car? No, oh, yeah, I had to jump in real at a bad drive out. Oh, whatever, you know. Anyway, real slow February rain. You know, oh, we awesome. all know what we're talking about. A real just shower, and it put me in a bad mood. Why? It's such. If we could have that down here. Yeah. I was just missing it so much. It, it, what it would do going, for us, but, you know. And up there, it just all runs off. It goes. To, they hate it. They really cuss about it because there's they such a surplus. Yeah, but if they saw what we were seeing, they'd be joyful. It's for just it. so wasteful, man. It it breaks your heart. Every creek you go by, just dark, nasty, got just full of dirt that's carrying off. It's muddy everywhere. Cold, man. It's cold up there. I it, want a good that snowfall. one day we were there, the ground was froze and it was raining, and uh, it'd freeze and it looked like an ocean. That's awesome. The water'd be running off and it'd freeze and there's all these different layers, man. It's, I just wish we'd get about a good twelve inch blizzard through here. I don't, but uh, it could come in a different way than that. I, hey, I don't care what you say. I'll take rain, good or bad. Things bring, are gonna bring happen. Something, but bring something. Rain, snow. And if it comes a lot, it comes a lot, it comes a little, I'm going to be thankful either way because we know what it's like without it. It's just so eye-opening uh, being up there. And like uh, today it was snowing and it's going to snow every day till Friday, Wednesday to Friday. It's going to snow every day. Uh, like getting out and doing anything outside, man. Like uh, the last couple of times I go up there and then I come back to Texas and you're on that uh, – I-27 road back south of Lubbock to our, our house. Most beautiful road <laughs> every time you get back from the airport. Every time we <laughs> ever go anywhere. It's just so nice to drive through Podunk, Lubbock after being somewhere else, man. And seeing all the friendly people waving. Oh, and just not the lack of traffic, too. So we left uh, central Missouri and went down to southwest Georgia. 900 miles, 14 hours if you don't stop. And uh, Georgia's just a godsend Where compared you go to, to Georgia Missouri. From? Uh, her parents. They Bowling's live in Georgia? Parents, yep. Where at? They've got a, oh boy, by Camilla. Okay, I don't know where it is. Yeah. Southwest? Southwest. 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 I got somebody down in southwest Georgia. It's uh, a mile north of Florida. So you an went, hour north of Florida. So you went to Georgia right yep. after Missouri? Okay. For three days. They uh they buy dairy calves like day old dairy calves, and uh, grow them up to like three hundred pounds, and then they used to send them to Missouri, and feed them out there and ship them, you know, wherever. 
But, uh, man, Georgia's a godsend in January. It's just, it was so beautiful down there every morning, every day. It just completely different. Deep, deep sand. Man, if we got 52 inches a year in our sand, it'd look just like Georgia. <laughs> it's unbelievable what you can do when you get the rain. Uh, it's just so and here lighter. you are saying you don't want 12-inch blizzard. I don't want a blizzard. No, uh-uh. You remember Goliath, how bad that deal was? You yeah. can get your moisture some other way. <laughs> You're thinking too much. You'll, 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 take, you'll take it wherever you no. can get it. No. Yes. No, it doesn't We're have to fight, be. and Charlie's going to win. I'll flip butt this first. table over again, man. If you do that and mess up my recording equipment, we're really going to have problems. Now, hey, hey, we can do this podcast again, I guess. Take two. <laughs> Take two, write it all down in the letters, and start mailing it out. <laughs> That's a publication. <laughs> Go back to typewriters because Tex broke a computer and we couldn't afford to get a new one. Uh, what did you think of that giant snowstorm in Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Canada. Okay, yeah. So, uh, did you see that? so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. I I did not hear anything about it, so I'm just dumb right now going at that. Eh? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's got a lot TikTok of TikTok videos. Love it, like people opening their doors and it's nothing but snow to the top of the door. Oh. Garage <laughs> oh, doors, yeah. same I, way. I saw this lady. She had her car and uh, and she left the old window down just about a little <laughs> half inch. <laughs> and uh, and they showed a picture of the inside of her car and it had a good foot of snow in there. I don't know. It was real crazy, you know. Uh, I, one of my favorite YouTubers there, oh, Zip Ties and Bias Plies, was showing a bunch of cold start videos, starting his old diesels up there in negative 40. And, uh, oh, it was pretty neat to watch. But you'd sit there and he'd start it. He'd kill it after about three seconds because the old oil pressure gauge wouldn't move. Wow. They, he was trying to get the old, he, he'd get the old tranny there. You know, and he'd some synthetic in there, buddy. <laughs> he'd start running the old tranny and he'd, you, you could see him uh, moving the shifter back and forth and how, how thick that oil in the transmission was. And he was just, mm, mm. Oh. Just, wow. uh, oh man, she's real crazy that, up there in the, in the great white up. north. So I was watching the other day. I was <clears throat> shopping around for different uh, hydraulic oils. I don't. I'm not gonna buy Highguard anymore. It's two dollars a gallon. I know more. how expensive it is, but I this Chevron THF 1000. You ever run any of that? Never. They say that's anyway. It's a little. They say it's a little better. This what went in your loader here? No, uh, that was that was uh, that. So like that, I it's way thicker. It's a lot different than, oh. like a transmission and hydraulic oil. Oh, okay, it's like straight. It's it's very thick. Anyway, but instead of running high guard in our tractors, I think I'm I'm switching over. Um, and then uh, plus fifty is kind of a lower grade oil than these new Shell and uh, Shell and Chevron oils too. They say they are gonna update and change their plus fifty oils. But it's overpriced. I mean, really. I definitely don't. I'm not going to run junk oil and stuff. But I, I don't know. I thought I was going to save money on grease, too, but I'm not. Man, anyway. I ran, I ran Hydrotech grease with Teflon. Best grease made. Teflon, huh? It started, it was a, uh, well, it was a yellowy color, and then they mo- it went to pink. And uh, and you grease it. That'd man. be all about that. Oh, it, it was great because you could uh, you could tell if your hands were actually greasing the tractor like they're supposed to or not. But the good thing was if you greased it real good, it could go a couple days without getting greased like it's supposed to and still be okay because of the the grease was so good. So the guy that sells it, what his demonstration is, he'd come in with like John Deere uh, their their best grease, and he'd come in and he'd stick it on a uh, on a glove, and he'd take a little pocket pencil torch and he'd light it and he'd sit there and. 
on this glove, and he'd start heating it up, and you could watch that grease just start melting and running off like liquid. Then he'd take a scoop of the Hydrotex, and he uh, and he'd hold it on his deal, and he'd just sit there with the torch, and he'd sit there for a long time, and it would never, it'd never disintegrate and just start liquefying. Well, there, there's a lot, stuff. there's a lot more to that, like that, like Molly grease. It, there's a lot. Well, it. I'm just saying they it, do sell a it, high temperature for, grease for the high. No, it was John Deere high temp grease is what he used. The, was it white or was it green? I can't remember. I think it's white. No, it wasn't green because Molly's green and it wasn't green. It was their high, Molly's was, black. Well, it was one of their it was one of their high temp greases. It was the comparable product to what they had, and uh, and the difference was just night and day. So, uh, anyway, so I was watching YouTube videos and I was watching uh, diesel additives. Holy crap! Do not buy anything power service. Like they got ads all over the ra- all over the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy had uh, Hot Shots Choice is the best uh, diesel additive you can use. He uh, took vinegar and lemon juice and sprayed it on uh, a in, uh, three by quarter strap uh-huh. just to make all this stuff rust. And then he added all these different diesel additives in to see how much they stopped that rust. Right. Man, uh, Hot Shots Choice was the best at not rusting. I love the name of it. I know, it. I was thinking to say, is not that why rusting, you chose it? it would not gel his oil. He poured all these uh, mason jars of diesel, froze them to negative 20 for 24 hours, gelled all that fuel up, that uh, diesel service. I think it's Diesel Service 911, that red jug. Oh, Didn't yeah, yeah. even keep it from freezing. It froze the worst. It froze just as bad as untreated diesel. <laughs> it's a sham, people. Do not buy that one. Oh, that diesel clean. That's what you're talking about, the 911 diesel clean. It's diesel power diesel or something. Well, I'm talking, you're talking about the white deal with the red cat that says 911 on Yeah, it's diesel clean. Yeah. I think. I, I the 911's red and the regular one's white. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it's very eye-opening to a lot of the stuff you can waste your money on. <laughs> and then, like, hydraulic oil is not uh, regulated by uh, a governing body. What is that governing body? Like, motor oil is uh, has a lot of oversights, and there's definitely, there's limiting specifications, and it's got oversights. Hydraulic oil is not. Okay. And you really got to worry about what hydraulic oil you're buying. Right. Anyway, so when I was going to Missouri, we were flying into a pretty little crazy uh, storm system. Right. And we were coming in on the approach to Kansas City, and uh, it was a little bit turbulent. Not too bad, not too bad. They wouldn't let anybody walk up and down the plane for that hour and a half. Well, you could have uh, got away with it because I'd have never seen you walking. <laughs> I would have just levitated down the dang aisle. I'd been underneath the, the view of the flight attendant, so it wouldn't have mattered, huh? <laughs> uh, they won't let me sit in the exit row. I'm too short and weak. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I was sitting up at the front of the plane. I was pretty. I was pretty happy with it. Well, so we're coming in on. We're working on our approach coming into Kansas City. Seth, this fl- plane fell out of the sky like you can't believe it just fall out of the sky it is only like a half a second it might not have even been a half a second but everybody screamed in this plane i was i had the middle seat there was this like colombian guy he was sweating up a storm real fat <laughs> short guy um just sweating up a storm jittery the whole time and looking out the window he's just uneasy 
couldn't believe it. Uh, it wasn't that hot on the plane or anything. I had my jacket on. And then this other guy, he lived in Kansas City. He's a big, tall, tall guy. He was kind of a, he was a designer, and he was drawing on his paper the whole time. Made real pretty paintings or drawings. Anyway, I digress. So this plane, we got a couple bumps coming in, and then this dang thing just falls out of the sky. And I jerk back, and I go to grab my armrests on both sides of the seat, and I nail this uh, Colombian guy right in the gut so hard. Oh, Freak. <laughs> oh. Everybody was freaked out. And then they took the plane way down, right. out from under all that stuff. And then looking out the window when we were coming back in, I need to be looking into my mic. Sorry about that, people. Looking out the plane coming into the runway, you couldn't see the runway till you were... Right, right there on, on it. it is pretty crazy, man. Uh, and then you finally get home, and it's just pouring hell, like pelty snow on you and stuff. Man, it just sounds so uh, much different. Sounds like a normal day of ag flying, where it's just rough and turbulent, and bumpy, and just the plane just sometimes feels like it just falls out from under you. That's, That's just a crazy. normal day. That, is that just a downburst I'm, I'm that honest, makes that happen? Yeah, like a microburst or a, a collapsing thunderstorms do it. Uh, just I mean, turbulence has never broke a plane It's apart. crazy how you can just fall. Yeah, turbulence, so. turbulence has never killed anybody. It's rough. Now, I've, I mean, I, I say it's never broke a plane apart, but it's it screwed some planes up where they never could fly again. But uh, as far as I know, turbulence has never killed anybody or brought an airliner. It was just uh, so crazy. We finally landed, and then everybody that you could hear in, within earshot was like, man, I've never had anything that bad before. It was is wild that you just so fall. Uh, so you're saying everybody survived because the luck of the leprechaun. I was on there. <laughs> Y'all can thank me. Start charging for my presence. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, what uh, what you looking forward to this week, Tex? Well, we got settled up on my farm. It's a hundred percent mine now. Great. Uh, I got an old house to go bury. Um, I'm going to change all the drops out on this old pivot, and uh, it's a Zomatic. I and love Zomatic. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not too... I love it. I hadn't been around this thing very much, but it uh, it needs a lot of TLC. It's a 94 model. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take we're gonna take that old analog box off of it. You know, just got that old dial and a few you switches see, Hey, did you it. see the new uh, touchscreen Zomatic? Uh, panel they have now. Oh, it's so great. We've uh, got touchscreen valley boxes. Yeah, so SPI just put one in Holton, and it's. I mean, it's like a, you open it up, it's like an iPad. It's awesome. Hmm. I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, technology advancement here. Anyway, we're gonna pull that old box off and put. Uh, we sold well. Our landlord down around Lubbock, around the new home area, mm-hmm. sold uh, sold that farm, and so there's two pivots that we owned. And we sold those, and I'm going to put one of those pro... You can put a valley box on a Zomatic. Right. And uh, update that thing a little bit. Get it ready. Just be ready for when it does get warmed up enough. Yes, Not sir. be behind the ball on everything. It needs a new standpipe and a bunch of washes. Man, that conventional farming on a... That farm's got some slopes kind of every direction. It can yeah, have some do some slope. dirt moving. Yeah, and, and the problem... That farm blew all over into the neighbor, mm. and uh, I don't know where I'm going to get the dirt from. There's not much topsoil over there, but we'll sure, work we'll it out. Yeah. Yeah. 
go steal it from the next guy. Go get you a scraper pan and get get busy on one somebody else's farm. That that's the deal. Just go get it from somebody else. Just go get it from where it blew onto the other guy. Well, uh, yeah, I didn't want to say that on the podcast, but that's where it's gonna come from. (laughs) (laughs) Just taking just taking it back, fellas. (laughs) Make it level again. But he's got a dang sand dune where that grass is there slowing it down. Right. For the first twenty, thirty about thirty feet. It's built up, man. What about you, Seth? Oh. You gonna be around the neighborhood? Or you gonna be taking off to green your pastures? Well, I don't really know. Uh, trucking around tomorrow. I'm trucking around. Gonna haul some some uh, some bales for Gerhard. I already talked with him and uh, or for Ghost Rider, and uh, I'll probably do that tomorrow and Friday, and then Saturday I gotta go pick up my wife's new pup. Yay! I'm excited about that. I'm actually excited. Yeah, there you go. Clap for us. Uh, and then we'll go see Lori's. Uh, my wife's grandmother that uh, was in the hospital. She's getting better. They moved her out of ICU today, so everything or yesterday, so everything's she's getting better. She's getting better. So we'll go stop by and see her, and then come back uh, Monday and start on it all over again. Found Surely a, there'll be a podcast recording between here and there too. Oh yeah, and I found me a new project of what I'm uh, saving a little money for. I found me a oh, over in uh, New Mexico. I found a, a long bed '85 Chevy. Hmm. 84 85 yeah in a colorado truck and uh, and i want to buy this thing and yeah make me an old airport rig out of it single cab long bed beautiful pickup i, I actually get the picture of it huh. and show it to you huh yeah i like that it's it's gonna be a fun one yeah the kind of kind of rig that uh, i'm looking for something to park up in ultimate or hanger up there because there's no vehicle and i'd like to put, put you know even if it has to be mine I, you know since uh my, my boss ain't gonna put one up there when I go up there by myself, it sucks, you know, because if I need to go to town for something or food or whatever, I can't go because I have nothing. And so, um, you know, I'm looking forward to going up there. And uh, That's put, how put I always there. end up farming down here. Get stranded alone by yourself and you're 12 miles from anything. It's an and 87. You, feel, you start feeling so bad calling your neighbors to give you rides everywhere. Or you, uh, oh man, you, you're just going to pull all the, you know what. Mm-hmm. Got an automatic transmission? No, though. it don't. Well, okay. Well, they lied to you. It's in pep. You're not supposed to say all this stuff. I don't want nobody to buy that truck before <laughs> I can get it. It says it's sold. It does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't tell me that. It says oh, it's sold. come on now. I didn't see that. Now that's depressing. It, it's not an automatic though. No, it's <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's sold. <laughs> Sold. Don't tell me that. It text. was a bargain price. Oh <laughs> man, I saved that because I was so excited. It was an '87 Chevy four-speed, four by four, three-quarter ton, 191,000 miles. I'm sure if you go hunting around New Mexico, you'll I'll find them all one. day long, man. Man, it sold. Golly, I was hoping he'd have it for a couple more weeks because isn't it a, it's a pretty cool-looking pickup? Yeah, yeah. I'll find another one. No, it'll be easy to find, man. But, uh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Dang it, Tex, you done run my night. How dare you learn how to read? I can't I can't read, so it didn't bother me. We uh, edited out the portion where I was trying to sound it out for 30 seconds. <laughs> so, so, what, what is this? Solid? Oh, oh it's, so, it's a solid pick. Oh, sold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Solid atomic. God, <laughs> I can't believe it's sold, man. Now I'm depressed. 
No will. Y'all want to hear my depressed podcast part? Yeah, he's uh, gonna have to listen to the beginning of this podcast again when we're <laughs> get all fired up, yelling at oh, each other. Oh man! Oh, speaking of, I I heard some funny stuff the other day. I was uh, we were getting ready to post some of our podcasts on the internet that me and you recorded, and we were talking. And like at the very beginning, you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go post this on the Instagram, blah blah blah." And get Never down to did. the end. No, and then I get down to the end. I'm like, hey, what'd you say you were going to do? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I have to re listen to it to remember. And I just started laughing. <laughs> no clue. But, uh, man, it's uh, it's been a good hour. But speaking of the uh, Instagram, uh, go follow us at something underscore bout underscore farming yep. on Instagram. My uh, lovely girlfriend actually runs it. We're trying to post something every day or every other day. So now y'all know that Tex really isn't dating a blow-up doll like we all figured. (laughs) (laughs) This one doesn't have four legs. Put that out into the world. Oh, yeah. I forgot we told everybody about your goat goat riding days. Oh, boy. That never (laughs) happened. That's alleged. Alleged. Allegedly. Uh, Anyway... And then uh, you can find me at uh, on Snapchat at uh, Ty Vance eighty eight all one word all one word T Y V A N C E eight eight. And make sure that you're of age because we don't need him following. I, I don't need a bunch of little people. little little young ones. Uh, it's got to be age appropriate when you're following Ty Vance. And I'm not that crazy about people sending me messages either. I and, get all and these you know random what? people. Also, also we want to we want to put this out there too. Don't add anybody in our Snapchat if you do snap streaks. Nobody cares about your streaks. No, Nobody cares about your little high school it's, Snapchat. It's crap. 2020. We're over that. <laughs> Grow up. Do something better with your time. We don't. We don't want to answer your to be honest anonymous questions. Oh yes. No. <laughs> Chance Snook, we're talking to you. <laughs> Hashtag screws Chance Snook. Uh, it's too uh. cold down here, son. Oh boy. Use your powers for good, not evil. Oh man, it's been a it's been a good hour, man. I'm glad to glad to be back. Glad we're back in the swing of things, and uh, we're gonna get to it. And I'll bring some more cigars next time. We'll, we'll order us a bunch. We'll have to do it within the next five days because I'm gone again for another five Where are you back going? to Missouri. Jeez. Well, actually, going to Kansas to the no till on the plains, Jeez. and then back to Missouri. I, I, I gotta Must marry be her. Nice. Get her back down here. I'm wasting all my dang to farming time. Must be nice. Hey, here we go. I'm about to get riled up again. Nah, nah, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it good right there. And uh, it's been a, it's been a good pleasure. A uh, a very good uh, feel good Wednesday. About this Wednesday one. night. I had to look at my watch, figure out what day it was. But uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes, folks, you just gotta clean the clear the air and and tell you just all what grinds our gears over here at uh, something about farming. And it's not like we're talking about something that doesn't appeal apply to everybody's life exactly i mean really you follow this stuff even 10 percent, you're gonna be better than what you were yep so well anyway as always uh i hope you all have a wonderful evening especially all you texas residents we already know y'all feel better because you're from texas we never even got to say we were uh, over here by the heat of nice little heat of the oven two texans speaking into the mic dogging on everybody else in the world i mean doesn't get much better. Just just come here for everything you need, people. We'll, <laughs> exactly. we'll sort it all out. Well, uh, as again, thank you for uh, listening, and we uh, we hope to see you on our Instagram page. And uh, 
Well, have a good evening. Coming to you live from the feedlot. I'm El Matador. And I'm Tex. Stay safe. We'll see you later. And and one more thing, just to piss all you liberals off that listen, God bless America. God bless Texas. God bless farmers and ranchers. (laughs) Thank you.